Coming up, we're talking Universal Orlando's cinematic celebration. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 182 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel and get your free no-obligation quote today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host, Craig Williams. Today, I am joined alongside by my ghost. Ghost? Ghost, like a ghost co-host. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. Yes, uh, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hey. Hey, yeah, speaking of spooky, we're actually not talking about anything Halloween Horror Nights related for one week. What's the point of this, then? Uh, yep. Okay, well, that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> uh, links, show notes, all that stuff. No, uh, we have a very fun episode for you. We're going to do kind of a breakdown slash analysis uh, slash not really do that, but just talk about Universal Orlando's newest nighttime spectacular, uh, the Cinematic Celebration, also known as Universal Orlando's Cinematic Celebration. So you've heard us talk about this uh, for a while now, just starting all the way back when we, we knew that there was going to be a new nighttime show coming, and then uh, a couple weeks ago... it probably a month or two now when when it, we knew that things were getting closer and closer and they finally released the name and we're like oh it's it's not gonna be around until probably the end of summer uh, boy did we call yeah, that one geez. wrong <laughs> that moved really fast you were in paris and that that felt like not that long ago i'm trying to actually think when that was it was it was the last week of may first week of june because it was you were in Paris the same time I was in Disneyland. Yes, and it was while you were gone because I remember thinking, "Oh, geez, who's going to write this up?" Yeah, and exactly. I knew the answer yeah. was not me. Yeah, no, that was not you. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, that it I can't all read. just. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fine. You will one day. But no, that it did all come along so so quickly there, and uh, lo and behold, not surprising and not surprising people. Uh, you know, Universal has never really uh, done a lot of big celebrations for the 4th of July. Uh, they don't have the infrastructure to go as crazy with fireworks. You know, they had it for the last uh, nighttime show, the cinematic spectacular. They'll shoot them off over top of the, the Music Plaza stage. And so back they back uh, two weeks ago, you know, they announced everything that was going to be happening for the 4th of July. And they said, well, we'll have concerts on the stage with lots of characters meet and greets parties, fireworks there, and that was kind of all that was going to be it. But no, Universal decided to debut Universal Orlando's Cinematic Celebration. A little surprise. Yes, for the 4th of July, which I think that's a great way uh, to debut it. Unfortunately, I, I guess uh, I, I was out of town for that night, so I wasn't there for that. And I'll be just flat out honest, even with the debut of a new show like that, on, on the 4th of July, I still would not have been there. Uh, I have a very strict routine if I'm in Florida on the 4th of July holiday. On the 3rd of July, I go and watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks. Oh, your and, wife told me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yep. I, I watched the Fourth of July. I watched the July third fireworks at Magic Kingdom because they shoot off their Fourth of July fireworks on both the third and Fourth of July, and then you go to Epcot for their fireworks on on the 4th of July. And back in the day when they used to do special fireworks too for Hollywood Studios, you would line yourself up with like trying to be maybe right around Mexico or Norway so that way you could also then watch their fireworks shooting off over France and Morocco area and then catch the Epcot ones. I was pretty psychotic about it, if yeah, you can't tell. Sounds like uh, it. So long story short, I wouldn't have been there for the debut anyways if I was in Orlando. I would have been uh, I would have been over on Disney property. That's just my thing. That's how I do it. I heard the fireworks from my house because I live next to Universal. <laughs> like, well, I was like, oh, they must be doing something. They did. They they As far as everything that I saw, because I did follow along with people enjoying cinematic celebration on the first night, uh, they did put, they presented the show and they shot off the fireworks over the music plaza stage but apparently the pyrotechnics did not go off with the actual show on the night it debuted so but i guess there was also it was pouring or something and there was weather delays yeah because i was outside and um it was a weird thing that was happening because we were i always buy sparklers and like to do the photos and stuff like that uh and um so we were out in the parking lot playing with the sparklers and i could hear it it started like raining and then um you could hear it thundering and you could see lightning but it was at the same time fireworks were going off and i just kept saying this is a very unsettling sound i'm one dinosaur roar away from like Relieving myself in oh, my pants. Quite excellent. That's that's always a relief. But yeah, so it uh, it went off on July fourth for the very first time. Uh, started its technical rehearsal run. So uh, just to catch up the people who aren't quite in the know on a technical rehearsal, it is Universal's term for when a attraction or show will start beginning previews. Uh, for the general public, they don't, uh, you know, in the past they used to do the fanfare like uh, Walt Disney World would do in some circumstances with the, okay, first it'll be cast members or team members, and then then after that we'll do annual pass holders, and then after that, then we'll start letting the public in, and then it'll be grand open. Universal still does like its team member previews, and then lately it's just been like open I right like after sneak, that i like their like sneak attack way about yeah. doing it though it feels like it eases you into it and then also like it gets you excited that you're like maybe i'll just walk by and it'll be open like yep. that happened with diagon alley i i was in there like a week before it officially opened i think or something and it was you know it was just like a fun little surprise but nobody was in there it keeps know? it keeps everyone on a level playing field yeah and that's that's what i like about it that you don't have you don't get rewarded for being for paying the money for a pass holder not that i don't like getting good stuff as an annual pass holder i don't like getting those uh, little extra opportunities every now and then but honestly i would be so disheartened if i was down on vacation for a week and came to a place like universal and saw like oh my gosh they're doing previews but only for annual pass holders and so i can't get in like that's yeah, it, it's a little sad. I it, 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 I give you an example of it when they were doing it for Toy Story Land, and they were doing it for like cast members. They had a lot of people who were walking up, being like, "I'm an annual pass holder." So I think it creates kind of like a whole messy 
it's not great for your guests that are just there, you yeah. know? Yeah, I, but that's a whole nother discussion aside from all of this. But uh, yeah, it started its technical rehearsal period. Uh, if you're in the Disney know, you probably call it a soft opening. And uh, we try to stay away with that because there's too many jokes to be made. And it's actually just kind of disgusting when you start thinking about it. So technical rehearsal phase. And uh, just got the email. Uh, well, it was... It was last night, so this is Wednesday that we're recording this before uh, release uh, tomorrow on Thursday, but I can't even find the email now, but got an email uh, with an invitation to the grand opening of Cinematic Celebration. I believe that was on July 16th, if I can uh, remember correctly, which I believe I I may or may not. July 16th. Gosh, I am never... Wait. That's Monday. Oh, okay. That's this this oh, coming Monday. Oh, okay. Never mind then. So, yeah, a very short technical rehearsal period uh, and then grand opening on July 16th. So, uh, just so everyone knows, like during the technical rehearsal period, again, uh, it's basically the show as it's going to be, uh, except, sorry, except uh, that there can be little things changed and tweaked during the show. I mentioned, of course, on and on about the fireworks not shooting off uh, the very first night that it happened. There's always the chance that that could happen during a technical rehearsal. They could say, okay, well, we're not going to shoot off the fireworks. Something could start happening with the fountains, and they have to eliminate effects, uh, projections, anything like that. But the idea is to get the show as presentable as possible and and tested and tested and tested as much as they can before it officially debuts. And so I guess they're also very comfortable with where the show's at right now with it, that they can go ahead with the grand opening, but grand opening. Yeah. July 16th. Very, very exciting. And, uh, I, I can't wait for it, but you know, we can't talk about this show without actually having seen it. So uh, luckily for us, we have seen it. Mm -hmm. So, I always like to give you a little little bit of time to add in your your sassy mm-hmms whenever And now that's enough. That just <laughs> it was you had it, and then it went just a little bit too far. That's okay though. That's fine. Somebody's got a text tone out there of me doing that. I know you do. I know you do. Well, there's better things in life than that. But <laughs> you know what? Uh, different strokes for different folks. That's what I say. Tomatoes, mm-hmm. tomatoes, potatoes, potatoes. Anywho, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I guess be, without anything else, it's kind of time to talk about the show. So what is Cinematic Celebration to catch you all up on if you already forgot about it? Well, it is a fountain show that is taking place in the Universal Orlando Lagoon. The, sorry, not their lagoon in general. The Universal Studios Florida Lagoon inside mm. the park. So uh, this basically is uh, just smack dab in the middle. A little bit of production central touches it. New York touches it. San Francisco. Uh, Hollywood everything (laughs) just basically uh is right there plopped in the right side of the park and uh for this show though it's it it can be viewed from multiple areas not like the last show if you had the chance to see that where that had like designated areas but you could kind of see from everywhere and enjoy it this one to enjoy it uh thoroughly you should be in their designated viewing area that they they built for it, which we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Again, uh, this is in the Central Park area of Universal, so uh, in between Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone and 
uh, Hollywood. It slipped out of my mind for a second there. Mm. And so, yeah, that's they have this great designated viewing area just specifically for this show. And it's tiered up on different levels. So there are technically three main levels that you can watch the show from. And uh, the first one has a little bit of obstructed views because there are rocks in front of the actual lagoon and where the fountains are. Then the next level, I would probably say that is right around the ideal viewing level Mm -hmm. for it. Uh, That's kind of where you're you're definitely going to want to be. Then the third level is even better uh, because you do have that a little bit higher elevation. My problem is when uh, we're talking about a nighttime show and being a little bit higher up, you have lots of people down in front of you. You start running into the problem where you start seeing all these cell phones pop up. And take pictures. And I'm not saying they're going to block your view. But for me, I find it distracting when I'm seeing bright screens in front of me. And, you know, that's why they tell you on attractions and stuff to turn off your flash. Don't let your video screens on. It can be very I try to always make sure when I start doing that because I like to take the pictures, too, and the videos to look back and make people jealous and whatnot. Yeah. You just swipe down, bring the brightness all the way down. Yeah. Well, you don't even have to do that. Hold it right in front of your body. And just look down or like don't the problem is when people start holding their phones all the way out and then all the way up. My biggest one is when you raise it over your head and I'm like, no, 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 no. If you're going to just like hold it up in front of you, that's okay with me. I don't care about that. But your phone is not my phone. I don't want to look at it. Yeah, and I, I, I will, you know, I complain about that sometimes, but I do know, too, I have a very large tripod that sometimes does reach over people's heads. Uh, I try not to use it unless it's very, uh, very important circumstances, like debuts of fireworks shows that we've never seen before, things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so that's my opinion on being in the third row. You're going to start seeing a lot of cell phone screens and stuff that can distract from the show. And then they have one more level up above that third level, and that's like a grassy knoll area. And you can stand there, and they they did recommend it. But at the same time, too, it's only probably another half a foot or a foot above the third level. So really, unless you're tall, unless you're a person of my height, you're just going to be looking at bodies. Are the other the, three tiers sitting? No, no, it's all standing. It's all standing. Okay. Yeah, it's all standing, and it, it's very nicely tiered. And I guess that's the the uh, time to say too. Rhino saw the show from my video Circa of it. Video. Not, yeah, not yeah. not actually being there. I went there to to witness the show. He's watched the video, but honestly, and I, I know I know we can say that. Well, you have to see it in person to truly understand it. Um, oh, th- yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about how I feel about it yet from yeah. the video, but, you know. Well, well, we will get there. But that's the basic uh, viewing practices with it. Um, in terms of how how much area is there for those different tiers, it is very, very long. Like, I was shocked when you looked at it from the opposite side of the park. It looked small. Yeah, it looked very small. But once you get over there, it's it goes on and on and on. There's a lot of space. However, uh, to get that, that perfect center view... There is not a a ton of space for that. And how, how early before the show did you try and get there to get a good, that good lined up shot? My ideal for when I wanted to get there for it was I wanted to be there an hour early. However, I got there at like probably about uh, about fifty minutes ish before fifty five minutes and go up to the the ticket 
and go to scan my ticket and find out that my annual pass expired. See, here's the weird thing. Did the parking guy not tell you? No, because it was after six o'clock, so they oh, don't. It's free parking. Oh, that's right. Okay, because yeah. that's why I was like, how'd you get all the way up there and not know? Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I went, and then I had to wait in guest services and took forever to get my annual pass renewed. I mean, that's the funny part. You go up and there's all the windows are taken and everyone's up at there for 10, 15 minutes at a time. And then I show up with my annual pass, have my credit card out waiting, say, can I renew this? And it was literally done in about 90 seconds. It's like, how, how, but anywho, um, I, I do, have a, I do have a random question just yes. while we're talking about annual passes in case anybody out there is thinking about this. Um, can you not renew your annual pass online or by calling customer service? Uh, I, I know that you were in the park, and so the easiest way for you to do it was go up there. But I was, I'm just curious because I don't want to go up there. <laughs> but, um, but mine has expired as well because mine expired the same day as yours. I know you can't do it at the ticket windows. I've always done it at guest services. Me, me too, and and then because we I pay for it all at once too. But I I know that you can call yeah. whenever there's an issue and they correct a payment issue. So that's why I was like, did they give you a new card? No, that I still have my old card, so I'm assuming yeah, you could okay, call and I'm they would be then. able to yeah. do that. But no, I just, I'll find out and report I, back. Okay, well, no, I just always I always just go do it that way. It's the classic way. It's the I easy know, but way. But I don't. It's I'm hot and sweaty, and yeah. I don't want to wait in line. You at least went at night, but yeah, it, it, issues be issues. Anywho, again, um, so I. Long story short, there. Sorry for the uh, all the digressions. I ended up getting a spot probably about i would say 35 minutes before the show started mm-hmm. and uh i will say that the prime uh straight on in the center screen viewing area that was already well taken up um even even off to the little bit of the left little bit to the right sides of that center view those were all taken up too and by by taken up i don't mean like people back off the rails i'm saying there was one long line across like right on the front rails and that's for the second and third tiers the grass had no one in it at that current time and down right on the rocks they didn't have a lot of people waiting there yet but uh that's because you have to be a little bit taller in order to stand behind the rocks and still see the screens like uh, me at six three i was able to stand up above and still see everything perfectly but if you're if you're maybe like five nine or or shorter, uh, unless you get like an area cut through where you can see uh, see the screens through like holes in the rocks and stuff, then then you have to you have to be careful with that. But long story short, again with that, so at thirty five minutes, I couldn't get that prime viewing area right up on a rail on the second or third tier. But with about 20 minutes left in the show, I kind of sacrificed a spot that wasn't as ideal. And I went down to the first area right on and right up against one of the rocks and had a little bit of a gap to kind of watch it through and shoot through. And I even once the show started, there was still plenty of viewing areas on right up against the front railing in the first row. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a show that if you're just planning on walking up to see. Uh, unless you're all very short, you don't necessarily need to get there earlier, but I would recommend, uh, to have prime viewing area 
uh, a prime viewing area for it. Maybe show up about 45 minutes to an hour before. Um, if you're okay just getting a, a decent spot, not the best, like 30 minutes before. And if you're fine just getting a view of it, maybe have a little bit of obstruction, this or that, 15 minutes before. You'll be fine. But... That's it for the the viewing aspects of it. Uh, technical details of the show. It's a twenty minute long fountain show mixing uh, several different several different aspects of the show itself. Um, it's it's got a bunch of just it's got a bunch of just uh, actual fountains that shoot straight up, move side to side, circle twirl. Everything you've seen in other fountain shows out there, whether you've seen World of Color. There was a lot more fountains than I expected, though. I will say that. Yeah. Like, oh. Like, they're not messing around with those fountains. No, they, they got a lot. Uh, and then there's many, many actual water projection screens. There's one main one, front and center. Uh, that's, the, that's the most important one. And then there was, I want to say, about six more after that. There's two smaller ones that are on the left and right side of the main screen and then there's even two more smaller ones further out on the side and then there's a couple ones that actually feel like they're closer than those main screens so there's there's lots lots of screens happening uh, it's not they're not all going off at once it it moves and fluctuates as the stories change but in different uh, things on different screens so it's not just like repeat 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 exactly it's not like uh it's not like phantasmic style where you have three screens in the round but they all show the exact same thing it's it does move and fluctuate and flow uh cinematic celebration is a celebration of the movies that you can find in the universal parks and uh so but that's with an asterisk right now because there are a couple uh, a couple of items that you see throughout the show that actually aren't in the parks as of yet. Hmm. But maybe it's a glimpse into what hmm. we will see in the future. A tease, if you will. A tease. So let's do a breakdown of what's in the show. So it starts off with a bunch of fountains and uh, the main aspect that has to start off any universal movie or property. What's that, Rhino? It starts off with the Universal Fanfare and logo, uh, and then the next section it moves into is Jurassic Park, which got Rhino very excited right mm-hmm. off the bat. Uh, a great way to start off the show itself, too. So featuring clips from, uh, especially from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I still haven't seen it yet, so no spoilers. And I will say, if, if you haven't seen it either, the show doesn't spoil anything for you from that. No, it, does, it doesn't even have the... the- the, like the new dinosaur in yeah. it or whatever, you know. It's in the preview. I didn't ruin anything, but you oh, know yeah, what yeah. I mean. The, the same how Jurassic World had a new dinosaur, and that dinosaur wasn't in it either, actually, I don't think. I uh, think it was it. I, I think it was. It's so. hard because it looks exactly like the T Rex, so I don't. I I can tell. Yeah. I, wasn't. I I believe it was, but uh, that segues into a Fast and Furious section, which is uh, neither fast nor furious, but tis neither. No, but I, I do like this section because it features a lot of like reds and oranges, and I don't know, it captures that. I like that one, fast energy. There's a one part with a car where Dom's car goes like pulls yeah. out across. I thought that one part was pretty cool, and I was like, all right, move on. Yeah. Like it kind of stuck in the section a little bit too much, I, and it was nice that there was a little Paul Walker in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I but I that being said, the Jurassic Park section that starts it off is decently long, and then. Yeah. 
that moves right into the Fast and we Furious say, section. It's not Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic World. Yeah, there know. is no Jurassic Park. Listen, I just all say it together. I know, but I was disappointed. But um, it, hey, it featured the music from Jurassic Park. I, yes, I was happy about that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. Fast and Furious kind of drags on a little bit too long for my personal taste. And then the next section of the show to me is the absolute standout moment of the entire show and I wish it would have went on longer than it did but the fact that it still is in there makes me happy enough and uh, at least while this show's going on we know it's definitely never leaving Universal and that of course is E.T. and mm. it, is- it was it was nice to have that one like classic franchise in there as well I, I know Jurassic Park but the thing is like I said it was visually all Jurassic World so it was nice to have that like I don't know. There's just something about E.T. You know when you hear the music and you see his little heart glowing and then your little heart glows? Yeah, and they picked the perfect clips to use from E.T., you know, with E.T.'s finger lighting up in front of Elliot's face. I'll be right here. And, of course, the iconic uh, biking past the moon, Mm -hmm. uh, the logo for Amblin. He did Um, did my favorite part, the the, the weird echoey laugh he has. Yeah. Uh, You even get to see the spaceship in it. So it, it... I... I loved it, and that that was a thing where with this show, I'm it's like half a whole uh, a whole critique on this show, but also something that I just want to point out. With uh, an exception to ET, here is cinematic spectacular. I think that suffered because they did it was a focus on hundred years of Universal movies, and so if you if you do love those movies, if you love Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, even going way, way back to classic monsters, if you can tolerate stuff like American Pie, that was a, a really good show for that aspect. But with this, it it feels new, it feels current, it feels relevant, but then it still does have that magic by bringing in that like one moment with E.T. Mm-hmm. But so that's why I appreciate that. Well, I, yeah, we, I should say that, that I, that was just occurring to me while we're talking about this part right now is that it it was really interesting that it's focused on the movies, but on the movie franchises in the park, as opposed to like what you said before. So I, it was it was a little weird. Yeah. It, it, it I, I don't know. Go on, go on, yep. go on, go on. Well, that leads into the next section, which I will call this the uh, DreamWorks uh, montage of mm-hmm. sorts. Uh, it gets kicked off with the the music from Shrek. The do 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 do. The uh, the I can't remember the name of the land. Duloc. Yeah. And it's kind of like the music that you hear in the first movie, but that kicks off into um, uh, How to Train Your Dragon section, which I, just like the movies. You know what's interesting? They played the Shrek music, but you never see Shrek. Uh, They also feature uh, Rhino's favorite, Kung Fu Panda. I love Kung Fu Panda. Skadoosh. And uh, then, uh, nice surprise, as soon as you start hearing that J-Tim, I got this feeling, or whatever the name of the song is, uh, you know, I trolls he, are coming around. Yeah, which was which was one of those where you're like, oh, I forgot about that thing. Because <laughs> it can't stop the feeling? Yeah, it's can't yeah. stop the feeling. Yeah, can't stop the feeling. I don't know. Can feel it I don't know. My, my argument on that song is that, it, that Justin Timberlake created essentially what will be a wedding song for the next, like, million years. And I applaud that. It's one of those songs where you hear it and you're like, oh, this is overplayed. But then you listen and you're like, I love this song. Well, it it does well for the trolls, so they enjoy it. Uh, Then we get out of DreamWorks, go into Transformers, which is a blend of 
clips from the movie and then clips from the ride, which Rhino had a, a good critique on it, which I do agree. Yeah, so it's it starts. I thought it started really cool because it makes the Transformers noise, but the 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 fountains or the projections aren't like full steam, so it's not like oh that's clearly water. They like kind of they unfold they yeah, out of nowhere, really cool. and I was like oh that's really cool how they did that. But then, um, and it starts with like the Optimus Prime, I think, doing his like monologue from the first movie, mm-hmm. and then it goes into scenes from the ride, and you're like, oh wow, I never realized how inferior the animation in the ride is to the actual movie, and you know, it's not a knock on that because when you're in the ride, you don't, you don't, I don't really see that and think that in the ride, but when you put them back to back, you're like, hmm, mm-hmm. this part's not so good. And I, I just I feel like uh, it, it ends on a nice, cool transformer effect, but it does yeah. it does go on. I like I don't need to see the video from the ride. I just went on the ride. Yeah, I, don't know. I it's uh, I will agree with that. Transformers goes on maybe a little bit too long too. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, but then we go into Harry Potter, uh, the 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 Harry Potter montage, which uh, has Dementors. What? Somebody's phone started ringing. Oh yeah, my phone. Started oh okay, sorry. I, I don't okay. know why it was. <laughs> sorry, I apologize for that. Um, yeah, it goes into Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. Dementors in it. Uh, it's you know you see the Harry Ford getting Anglia. his wand for the first time and lighting up Wingardium Leviosa. A lot of the uh, earlier iconic stuff, yeah. as opposed to the later films. You know, I I I, I don't know. I love I, I love his uh, his uh, Expecto Patronum. Yeah, part, and you, you know. got uh, Voldemort. Uh, pulling, That's uh, the best part. Oops. Hit when my mic. <laughs> <laughs> the fire. Yeah, it's it's a very cool section. I mean, but we're both Potterheads, so yeah. uh, the more more Harry Potter, the better. But uh, I was very happy with this sequence. I feel like it was nice. It was tight, and they they hit all of the highlights. It, it, it does used... have like a smidge. I don't know if it's because it's in rehearsals. It felt like there was like a missed opportunity we talked yes. about because in the fourth movie, or I think it shows the clip of the fourth. Movie when he dives into the yeah. water um but he yells aguamenti and like you're like but none of the water jumped up when he did it so it like the cue happened i think like a, a couple seconds too early so it was kind of like the timing might have been slightly off or something yeah but, but it feels like okay well maybe they'll fix it maybe yeah. they'll do whatever the only thing i felt like the the potter section missed out on which uh was a little bit of motion with maybe a good uh, dumbledore quote in there somewhere i agree uh yeah. but other than that just really but it does really do the fantastic. dumbledore phoenix slap yes and that was pretty cool that was very cool uh, from there, we go into our uh, our illumination section, which starts off uh, with a very funny moment where Gru walks out and is like, "Oh, oh, I love ooh, that. has to yeah. follow that." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, it is it is Gru and the minions from Despicable Me, and uh, they go into their uh, banana song, banana. Yeah, so you get a little bit of minion fun, just a brief highlight of secret life of pets also from illumination mm-hmm. uh and then goes into sing which rhino feels is an underutilized I like movie sing i think it's on netflix right now it might not still be there but it was yeah. on netflix um and it was one of those movies where i think like i thought it was going to be just horrible and i watched it and i was like oh this is enjoyable and i took my nephew to see it and he loves the pig in it and yeah. the pig is like the main focus not the main not the reese witherspoon pig but the the this stage is about to explode with yeah. major peaky power. Because I think the joke of like when she trips and falls and the guy's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And the pig's like, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's my nephew and I say that to each other now all the time. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Um, and 
I just I think I can't wait to bring him to see this so oh, yeah. that he can see the pig in it. Yeah, it fun. actually it is pretty heavy on Sing there. For, yeah, I was surprised. It, it gets a it gets a solid thirty seconds to a minute on it. Uh, then it loops back around to Despicable Me again to to finish it out, which is very very nice. Uh, definitely worthwhile. But that that cues into the montage ending uh, with the big fireworks finale. I thought it was at pretty the same the ending was too. really good. Yeah, it just again gives you one clip from each of the properties that you just got to see and then cue the fireworks and have the big fountain shooting up for the finish a very very fitting ending to it i enjoyed it a lot uh the show runs um uh, it was about 18 minutes and uh i, I just i have no complaints about it it's no. it's a really really well done the, show the things i said are literally like minutiae nitpicking yeah. like uh, from only seeing the video, I was like, wow, this is an excellent show. So, I, and you know, this is the type of show I think you need to experience in person yeah. to really get the feel for it. So, normally when I watch a show like this on a video, I'm like, hmm. And so, the fact that I like it as much as I do, that I think I'm going to really enjoy it in person. Oh, yeah. No, it's a million times more impressive in person. You can get a great idea of it in the video and you can enjoy the video. But to really get the feeling, you have to be standing there looking straight up, seeing how high the fountains go. And I thought that the properties that they used were excellent choices all throughout. Um, it's it, it, Maybe it, they'll add some of the Grinch from Illumination in there for Christmas time. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would love if they could update this for the holidays, yeah. too. So not obviously not Halloween and Halloween Horror Nights, but, but with <laughs> Christmas, blood. I feel like... I feel like this could work perfectly at Christmas with like a nice Christmas tag mm-hmm. uh, being added onto it. So just just really put the icing on the cake for it. But uh, the show looks beautiful. Um, I like that it's not. It, it's a nice blend. It's not all just shooting fountains. It has those fountain screens that help the story move along, um, or lack there of a story. That's also a minutia complaint there a minute complaint is that it doesn't really have a a story to it it is a sequence followed by a sequence followed by a sequence followed by a sequence doesn't have that that actual storyline to it but i i understand when you're trying to blend all those properties together it's very hard to develop a story unless they would have chose like groot or the minions to like narrate the Mm. story but hey that's I like it. The Small way it complaint. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and other than that, I think the the use of fireworks not a lot, but just enough, just yeah. enough to add a little bit of extras to it. So, I highly recommend going to see this show. I think it really uh, is a nice ending to the night at Universal and something that you're going to want to check out next time you're here. I agree. Okay, and I will. Well, and thank you, Rhino, for taking us on this cinematic celebration journey. Uh, thank you for recording the video that I watched. <laughs> you're very welcome. So, uh, of course, we'll have more coverage from this, especially with the opening event, all that stuff, and a, a nice, good video to go out. This is one that I had to do a test one. Wasn't happy with the results, so we'll have a, a nice video up eventually to go along with it if you can't wait to see it in person. Um, but thank you, Rhino, and thank you to everyone out there who listened and watched this. Uh, of course, as always, if you need any extra information, head over to disunplugged.com, home of the show notes page for this show and all the others on the Disunplugged podcast network. It's where you can find links to Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and our email, and many, many more things. So check it out if you're interested. If you watch this on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe, uh, hit that thumbs up if you enjoyed this, and also leave us lots of good comments below. You're starting to you're starting to slow down with that, and I'm having less and less to read, so pick up the pace on it. 
please. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this on iTunes, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review us there because you're still not doing that. And I'm getting upset about it. Really hurt my feelings. But yeah, again, thank you everyone out there who listen and watch this. Uh, that's going to do it this week uh, with this episode. But we will be back next week with another episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. <laughs>